Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to Praying for America. President Trump is fighting back against those who malign him. Let us fight back together with him. We're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. I want to put it in a scriptural framework, as we do on this program with all the issues that we're facing in American politics. We want to do a biblical view of a biblical interpretation, if you will, of what's going on around us, of what, of what we're doing to help make America great, to help pray for America. So we're going to go to scriptures, in particular to a psalm that I think very much encapsulates the spirit of what's going on here and the spirit in which uh, those of us who support the America First agenda are fighting and then talk about some uh, current developments. I also have some things I want to share with you about religious services in America post-pandemic, because I think we can say now that we're in a post-pandemic time period. I mean, we're tired, sick and tired of this anyway. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, how this is impacting religious services, according to some latest Pew research that has come out. Uh, So Psalm 17, let's turn to the word of God and start with Psalm 17. Hear, O Lord, a just suit. Attend to my outcry. Hearken to my prayer from lips without deceit. From you, let my judgment come forth. Your eyes behold what is right. Though you test my heart, searching it in the night, though you try me with fire, you shall find no malice in me. My mouth has not transgressed after the manner of man. According to the words of your lips, I have kept the ways of the law. My steps have been steadfast in your paths. My feet have not faltered. I call upon you, for you will answer me, O God. Incline your ear to me. Hear my word. Show your wondrous kindness, O Savior of those who flee from their foes to refuge at your right hand. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings from the wicked who use violence against me. My ravenous enemies beset me. They shut up their cruel hearts. Their mouths speak proudly. Their steps, even now, surround me. Crouching to the ground, they fix their gaze, like lions hungry for prey, like young lions lurking in hiding. Rise, O Lord, confront them and cast them down. Rescue me by your sword from the wicked. By the hand, O Lord, by your hand, from mortal men. From mortal men whose portion in life is in this world, where with your treasures you fill their bellies, their sons are enriched, and bequeath their abundance to their little ones. But I, in justice, will behold your face. On waking, I shall be content in your presence. Let us pray. Father, we are content in your presence. Just to have you is enough for us, for we are at peace. We know we seek you, and therefore our hearts are calm 
We know that you fulfill our every need and desire, and therefore our souls are at rest. We know, Lord God, that if we ourselves do not reject you by sin, that we can never lose you. And so we are filled with joy. Lord God, secure our nation in this same conviction, that you are everything, that if we have you, we are indeed secure. Lord God, we ask you to protect all of us who stand for the kingdom of God, for the values on which America is based, for the truths which are embedded in our Declaration of Independence and protected day by day by our Constitution. Help us, Lord, in particular when others attack us with lies who malign our movement to make America great. Lord, we are seeking only what is good, what is true, what is honorable, what is right for our families, for our children, for future generations. Lord God, we seek you with honesty of intention and purity of heart and a desire just for goodness. Protect us, therefore, and protect those who lead us in this movement. We pray for President Trump and his family and associates. Lord, they have set their sights on you and on what is right and true and good, and they are not afraid to fight back against evil, against malicious lies. Lord, we have seen so much. We have heard so much of the lying tongues that try to stop the advance of what is good for our country. And Lord, we rejoice at the opportunity to fight back against those lies, to hold people accountable for their actions. May we do so, guided by your Spirit, and always under your law of justice and love, we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. You know, we've done some programs here about anger. We probably should revisit the topic again in the near future, but you've heard me talk about the fact that anger as one of our passions is neither good nor bad. Depends what it's a, what it's a, a, a pointed to. What are we getting angry about, and why? And then what does that lead us to do? We can't let anger control us. We can't let anger dominate us. But that doesn't mean we erase it. No, we submit it to the Holy Spirit. We make sure, first of all, we're getting angry at the right things, and then we use that energy. Anger is a form of energy. We use that energy guided by God's Spirit and His law and His Word, to do something good, to do something about the injustices that we're getting angry about. This is what what President Trump does. I want to share with you, you, I'm sure most of you have seen this, uh, the lawsuit that he has filed in the U.S. District Court of the Southern District right here in Florida, accusing... Former Senator, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, former FBI Director James Comey, the Democratic National Committee, and dozens of others of engaging in an organized plot to spread malicious and false information about President Trump. Former counsel Robert Mueller, as you know, found no evidence of alleged collusion after a roughly two-year investigation into the 
Steele dossier and Russia's role in the 2016 election. Let me quote from the beginning of this uh, lawsuit. In the run-up to the 2016 presidential election, Hillary Clinton and her cohorts orchestrated an unthinkable plot, one that shocks the conscience and is an affront to this nation's democracy. Acting in concert, the defendants maliciously conspired to weave a false narrative that their Republican opponent, Donald J. Trump, was colluding with a hostile foreign sovereignty. The actions taken in furtherance of their scheme, falsifying evidence, deceiving law enforcement, and exploiting access to highly sensitive data sources, are so outrageous, subversive, and incendiary that even the events of Watergate pale in comparison. Continuing to quote from the lawsuit, the members of the enterprise are a group of persons associated together for the common purpose of carrying on an ongoing enterprise. Specifically, the enterprise had a common unlawful goal of dismantling the plaintiff's political career and or impeding his ability to effectively govern through fraudulent, deceptive, and criminal means, including but not limited to falsely implicating the plaintiff, the Trump campaign, and the Trump administration as colluding with Russia. So the lawsuit, in other words, is invoking the RICO laws, laws that are used against organized crime groups, uh, such as gangs and mafias and other violations. You know, the scripture that we read talked about lying tongues, you know, and the amount of lies that come from the, the other side is, is amazing. And lies are not just told if people are, you know, engaging in conversation one-on-one -on -one or even through publication on social media or other other venues like that, but but also through through actions using the mechanisms of government, as we see in this case, to advance a false narrative. The scripture we read talks, too, about uh, engaging violence against one's enemy. Now, we're not, that, that, that's not to be understood simply as physical violence against a person. Violence comes in many forms. There's violence against the truth, and there's also violence against our own institutional um, mechanisms that we have to govern this country. Violence was done against due process, against the Constitution, against the intelligence agencies, which were misused in this case by feeding false and contrived information in order to get authorization to spy on our fellow citizens. This is violence, brothers and sisters. Uh, and and, and it, is, it, is a, uh, it is an encouragement that, you know, President Trump is not just sitting back and allowing this to just go away and, 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 and say, okay, you know, he didn't find any evidence. I could have told you that from the beginning and saved you a lot of time and trouble, but he didn't find any evidence of collusion. But now he's standing up and, of course, he always fights back as is only right. But now he's saying, okay, we have to, we have to settle uh, the playing field here. Uh, let me read something that um, his attorney, Alina Haba, said 
the other day on Newsmax. The wonderful thing about this lawsuit is that most of it is a fact already proven through many, many investigations. If you're going to come after him, he's going to fight back. The days of him taking it, they're not happening anymore. He's not a sitting president currently, and he's really just at the beginning of fighting back against all this fake Russia hoax, the fake stories, and anybody else that's going to come at him just to ruin his political career. Now, I want to say some things that I think you already know as well as I do. This is not just about President Donald J. Trump defending himself. It's never been just about that. I can say with absolute certainty that what is motivating this whole thing, what motivates him, is not simply that. Of course, people have a right to defend themselves. They have a right to defend their own reputation. I have to defend my own reputation all the time against enemies that I have, even within my own church community, who don't seem to understand why it's a kind of a good thing if someone devotes themselves completely to defending babies from being dismembered and decapitated. But that's their problem, not mine, those who try to stop this this pro-life work. They won't succeed. They're only going to f- f- prove themselves to be the fools that we already know that they are. And it's the same thing with these Democrat political opponents of, of President Trump. But it's not simply about us defending our reputation. No, it goes way, way, way beyond that. It goes to the fact, as President Trump often says in his rallies, that the other side attacks him so vehemently precisely because he's standing between them and us. The attacks on him are attacks on us and what we believe in. Attacks on us and the principles we embrace and try to live by. Attacks on us and the country we love. So he's standing up and and, and providing a really big obstacle to that. Just taking one of his many historic accomplishments, that is, the change that he brought about on the U.S. Supreme Court, even though we obviously don't don't agree with all the positions that all the justices take all of the time, that, that could never happen. But the point is, he shifted that court in the right direction. And the other side is just apoplectic about that. Because that stands in the way of so much of their agenda. Look at what's about to happen with the abortion agenda. The Supreme Court is about to make a very, very positive ruling uh, in in, in terms of our national abortion policy. And and it's going to be advancing the protection of the unborn, things that so many people in our country, uh, including myself, have been fighting for for decades. So the other side is furious that this one man was able to stand in the gap, as Scripture urges us to do, and hold back the advance of the enemy. He didn't do it all alone. He's the first one that knows that. We elected him. But the the fact is that he's the tip of the spear. And so, of course, all these attacks are going to be launched against him. That's biblical. The fact that those attacks are going to happen, that they're going to take various forms of Uh, 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 violence, violence against our institutions, against our rule of law, against common sense and fairness, and also lies. Lies 
you know, lies are, are they not the work of the devil? I mean, when Jesus says, let, 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 let's go to it for, because this is such an important point because we see this as the strategy all the time. Jesus talked about what the works of the devil are. And he said, well, St. John in his first letter says that the Son of God came into the world to destroy the works of the devil. So that's how the Word of God describes, at least in one place, Jesus' mission, to destroy the works of the devil. Now, the works of the devil, what are they? Okay. And here Jesus is speaking to the Jews, arguing with them in John chapter 8. And let me read from verse 44. He's saying to them, he's pretty angry at this point, and he says, You belong to your father, the devil, and you willingly carry out your father's desires. He, the devil, was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. When he tells a lie, he speaks in character because he is a liar and the father of lies. A liar and the father of lies. That's how the Son of God describes the devil. You don't think that the attacks of this evil spirit who hates everything that's good and true aren't going to take the form of lies, lies, and more lies. That's why we see so many lies around us. So President Trump is attacked because he's standing with us, because he's defending us. It's not just us, personally. It's America. It's what America stands for. So getting up and fighting back and exposing the lies that occurred and making sure that as many of our fellow citizens as possible understand that they were lies is important. Why? Not simply in order to restore one's own reputation, which in itself is legitimate enough, but for the future, for future politicians, for current politicians who are men and women also of faith and of character and who believe in the things we believe and who are trying to serve in public office. But if we don't fight back at the tip of the spear, if we don't fight back where the fight is the, is the most fierce, that is, in the case of President Trump, then all these other people are going to be exposed to the same thing and it's going to be harder for them. Meanwhile, if we show those on the other side that are so invested in these ongoing lies that there is going to be a fight and that they are going to be exposed, well then, brothers and sisters, what we are doing is defending the entire system of American governance. We are defending the entire system of checks and balances and due process and fairness and the Constitution and the, the, the federal agencies that were misused and abused uh, in, these, um, in these hoaxes and fake stories against President Trump. So God bless him and those who are assisting him uh, and uh, we'll certainly uh, keep up on the developments in this particular case. So let's pray about this right now. Lord, we ask you to bless these attorneys that are helping President Trump and all this whole process 
in standing up to the enemy. Lord, it, 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 we know there are many, many, many uh, legal details and things that we could go into and discuss, and commentators will do that. But Lord, we want to take this, this view from, from the point of view of your holy word. We understand what's going on here. It's the battle between truth and lies. And Lord God, we proudly stand up for truth. And we proudly fight back and call to account those are gonna, that are going to misuse not only the truth, abuse not only the truth, but abuse the mechanisms of government that are supposed to be protecting us, but that some just want to use as political weapons. Lord, we pray for all those that work in our intelligence agencies. Protect them from the temptation to, to serve falsehood to seek only power rather than truth, and to hurt their political enemies. Lord God, we stand with you, and we ask you to bless President Trump as he stands with us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, just a couple of minutes here before we conclude on one other thing that came to my attention and that might may have come to yours already. As we are getting out of this China virus pandemic, churches across the United States are generally open. Now, some have still limited hours, restrictions, and so forth, but we're getting more and more back to the level of churches being open as we had prior to the pandemic. But there's a couple of uh, interesting dynamics that uh, Pew Research Center recently brought to light. Let me just read this. Among U.S. adults who say that they attend religious services, 43% now report that their house of worship is open and currently holding services in the same way it did before the uh, pandemic. Now that, if you look at the last six months, that is up 14%. 14% more people now are saying, oh yeah, our churches have opened back up again the way that they were before. Okay, the other 47%, you know, the congregation uh, is, is open, but there are still some restrictions and so forth and some limitations. Only 5% at this point, 5%, are saying that their congregation is still completely uh, closed to in-person worship. Now, this is interesting. That that was unchanged since September of last year. Unchanged. So there's like this core of 5-6% of churches that I think are going to be that way for good. There are some people, there are some people who psychologically are not coming out of the pandemic. They're not coming out of the lockdowns. It's just human nature. There's going to be a small percentage of people and institutions that are now stuck forever in this lockdown mentality. We've got to pray for them. Lord, set them free. Set them free. In fact, let's pray for them right now. Lord God, there are some people, Lord God, who on a beautiful, sunny, open uh, day, beautiful breezes blowing and, and grass all around and nobody next to them, Lord God, they will continue to wear masks. And Lord God, we, 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 we pray for those people that are that are hunkered down and in in, in in for no other reason than fear, that you set them free. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
So there are some that are going to stay this way. Now, um, so back in July of 2020, about four months after the pandemic really started uh, changing our lives, 13%, uh, only 13% of adults reported that they had attended religious services during the previous month. Now, by September of 2021, so this past September, it was twice that amount. It was up to 26%. Now it stands at 27%. Notice, September, 26%. Now, we're in March already of 2022, 27%. Essentially the same, even though we've had a 14% increase in the number of churches that have reopened. So now some of these people are um, watching instead online religious broadcasts. I do my own online broadcasting of religious services um, every day. Uh, some of them are doing it in place of attending in person. Others are doing it in addition to. But the interesting statistic here that we should also pray and think and talk about is You've got more churches reopening, but essentially the same number of people going into those reopened churches as we had six months ago. So part of this, I think, is, is our own role, brothers and sisters, of uh, uh, inviting people back. If you are a regular churchgoer uh, yourself, I'm sure most of our viewers are. Help other people to come back. Invite them to come back. And uh, let them come with you. I think this is one of the factors that uh, can change things. And I don't think, as someone who broadcasts uh, uh, all the time myself at various religious services, I don't think it's a bad idea for that to supplement and accompany the in-person experience of uh, worship. But remember, Scripture talks about gathering together. Now, social media, broadcasting, this is a way, actually, this can be a very powerful tool to bring people together, but to lead them to the in-person experience of community, not to replace it. It stands in the gap when getting together with people is impossible, but where it is possible, these online opportunities are meant to foster it, not replace it. And I think that we can all be agents of that kind of, of positive change. But scripture talks about the importance of coming together, not being absent from the community gathering. So as we conclude, let's pray for that as well. Lord, we, we pray for America, and we pray that America may not be a community of isolated people. Lord, where there is still isolation, bring about community. Where there is still fear, bring about a renewed, fresh beginning of peace of mind and courage. Lord God, where there is absence from the gathering of your people to hear your word and celebrate your grace and salvation, Lord, bring people together. We want to pray now over America that the Holy Spirit, who truly is the source of our unity, will continue bringing us together. Lord, let it happen. Bring it about. Help us to see each other's faces. 
And Lord, as the doors of the churches continue to open, bring your people into them that they may have the experience of the power of your word, the grace of your spirit, the coming together of the body of Christ, in whose name we pray, amen. Let's say the words that he gave us, gathering together your prayers and your intentions as well. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thanks, friends. Join me on social media at FR Frank Pavone, as you see on the screen. Connect with Right Side Broadcasting Network at RSB Network. Be assured of our prayers for you. And please join us again tomorrow. God bless. I think we have Richard Lee. We have Jim Garlow. And we have Father Frank Pavone. Someplace there in the audience. So I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Follow him, Father Frank Pavone, F.R. Frank Pavone, on Twitter. He is the National Director of Priests for Life. Please go to priestsforlife.org. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.